Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. You come with me to Luke chapter 13, verse, we're going to read from verse 10 to 17. I'm going to get in a bit of a light here because thank you, Pastor Brett, for praying. I actually had been having headaches all week. So when you said that, I just feel like my eyes are a bit lifted. So thank you, Lord. All right. Let's read from the word. Everyone there? Everyone say Amen. Amen. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the, on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called, to her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with, with Jesus, oh, sorry, Jesus has, has healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, the Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter, listen to what the Spirit is saying, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, being loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, they were all put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, life, and I know as a church and as a church family, but I know individually and families, life has caused, sometimes caused us to have a bit of a beating. And there's been one thing after another that uh, there's been trial after trial, situations, circumstances. Some of us have gone through a lot in 2023 and sometimes it's not the strength you need for your physical it is more the emotional strength that you need support in and it takes and I and I was it takes more courage to heal than it does to fight sometimes we just want to continue to fight or I'm gonna you know but sometimes it takes more courage just to sit in his presence allow the healing Allow yourself to go, you know what? I am feeling sad. I am feeling depressed. I am feeling oppressed. I'm not feeling well. And sometimes it takes courage to admit that. This woman in this story illustrates the strength. She held her own and pushed forward despite her limitations. If you can see that picture, imagine living your life like that for 18 years. 18 years but what I love is like what I love when I see this picture is her attitude that I might be bent but I am not broken amen say that she said I might be bent but I am not broken so let's picture this story together let's just imagine we're sitting we're, we're all in church right now 
We just finished the praise and worship. The Bible doesn't mention her name. We don't know where she comes from. We don't know why she appears on this particular day, on the Sabbath day. She might be a regular worship. We don't know. Picture her, a weary woman, tired, worn out, strong, and accepting. A woman bent over, unable to stand up due to her disease, her infirmity. Some commentaries actually refer to her condition as kyphosensis. This produces a fusion of spinal bones, curved spine, and a hunch in her back. Luke, who was actually a medical doctor, he actually wrote this. So you can imagine he was like sitting there with his pen and paper, or back then, I don't know, I think it was barks, that they had to scroll their thing out. Can you imagine? He was a medical doctor. He would have been like, oh, look at that. You know how doctors do. They're like straight away, look, oh, well, there's a condition there. He describes her as bent over and could not straighten up at all. She presents... Not only with a physical, it was obvious you had physical issues, but she also presented spiritual issues. The enemy had her bound up. I don't know who the Holy Spirit's talking to you right, right now, but some of us might, have, might feel bound up. I don't know how long you've been in the current condition you are. I'm not just talking about the physical, but the spiritual. Can you imagine how she felt being in this condition? She, like, she couldn't ask for help. Nobody could help. I can imagine her going to, to doctors of her days. Maybe she was seeking other kind of healing portions or other kind of, you know, I don't know. There's witch doctors back there, but there was doctors back then. She could have been seeking help in all sorts of area. A woman who spends her day staring at the ground. Can you imagine walking around like that? Staring at the ground, staring at her own feet, staring at the dusty sandals all day long. She couldn't even see who was passing her by. Not because she wanted to avoid eye contact. It's because she had no other choice but to survive and live the way she did. Okay. So she walks into our church. She walks into church. Jesus is teaching. Her face is in looking to the ground. Just picture her with me. Her sickness has caused her embarrassment. Some of us walk into church sometimes full of embarrassment, shame. We've been humiliated. We feel oppressed. Even before we walk into the car park, we're feeling anxious. I don't know if I want to go in today, Lord. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't even know if I can praise you, Lord. I can't even know if I can lift my hands up today, Lord. She's been excluded from groups. People don't know what to deal, how to deal with her when she walks in. Do they feel sorry for her? Do they reach out for her? Children openly giggle at her. Adults pity her. But on this Sabbath, someone say to your person next to you, on this Sabbath, on this Sabbath, something. The unbelievable happen. Do you have that expectation when you walk through these doors every Sunday that something unbelievable is about to happen? 
Because if we believe in the living God and in this word, and we just come in with expectations every Sunday, not expectations for hurry up and let's get this over, but expectations of Lord, today I'm going to receive a miracle. I'm going to see receive a breakthrough. She walks into our doors. It's a crowd. Back then the synagogues would be very crowded. Back then it's men on one side, women on one side. Can you imagine like like her? She's hunched over. Nobody can see her. She's hunched over. Nobody's observing her. She comes in. But Jesus sees her. Jesus sees her. Then Jesus, in the middle of his teaching, calls her to him. Calls her to him. Can you imagine that you feel like you're nobody and nobody cares? But Jesus saw her. And she responded. And the Bible says in John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's why I believe she was a regular worshiper, a regular churchgoer, because she heard his voice and she responded. It's me. He's calling me. She's looking around. Is that the person next to me? No, 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 no. No, it's me. And she responded by coming up to him. And he spoke healing words over her and said, Be loose from this infirmity. How many were, How many of us need a word from Jesus? How many of us need a healing touch in this place? I know I do. And then he laid hands on her. And she straightened up. She straightened up. Praise God. Can you imagine? And you know what? We need the signs and wonders back in our churches. We need the miracles. We need to see those backs straighten up once again. Because I'm telling you, you cannot deny the power of God. We need more of these miracles back. Under his touch, the spirit of disease left her. The devil gave way. He could not have a hold over this woman anymore. This woman was no longer crushed, not in her, just not in her physical, but in her spirit. And she stood upright and now she could look up. Can you imagine looking up for the first time in 18 years and seeing the ceilings and going out and seeing the sky, the things that we take advantage of? She saw blue sky for the first time in 18 years. Now she could look up and see people's faces. But you know, the face that she saw for the first time in 18 years was her healer, her deliverer, her Jesus. Amen? Amen. So at this stage, it was a miracle in church. I'm, I'm thinking, we were sitting here going, her back straight up. It's like, oh, that's so cool. That's so great. We should be rejoicing. When we actually see our brothers and sisters free from sickness or burdens or things that they're going through in life, how many of us actually rejoice and get excited for what Jesus is doing? 
So there was a miracle taking place. Christ's words have had a powerful transformation over this lady's life. And she began to praise God. She began to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. I can imagine her crying. I can imagine her rejoicing. I can imagine her jumping up and down for the first time in 18 years to say, and oh my goodness, look what you've done. But there was a different reaction to the action, right? Outrage. There was praising and celebration. And then all of a sudden you look out, not everyone's celebrating the miracle that took place that, on that Sabbath day. Because Jesus healed someone on the Sabbath. The synagogue ruler said to the people, Huh, look at him. Can you believe it? Not allowed to work. He's not allowed to work. There are six days for work and he comes here and on the Sabbath and he's healing people. He's not allowed. You know, the karma mom had said, da, 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 da. you know, he's pointing. I can imagine him pointing fingers and trying to um, out Jesus in front of the crowd and say, you know, you're a false prophet. You go, you're not, you know, you're not obeying the law. I love the I love Jesus. You hypocrites. Doesn't worry him. It's like you hypocrites. He says, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and donkey from the store and lead it out to give water? Now let me just break this down a bit because I don't want you to go home and hate this poor man, right? Because that's not what I'm trying to tell tell you to do about this Pharisee. To be clear, the leader. It's not a bad guy. This man was probably a Pharisee and his legalistic mind was clearly more interested, uh, you know, probably heaping burdens on people than seeing them free, right? So his reaction was concerning, but his intentions, now listen, his intentions are not evil and his concerns are not without merit, all right? So in his eyes, he cares about the right worship. He cares about the right, he thought he had the right belief the right practice. He cares about honoring the Sabbath, which in the Bible, you know, we, we are told in Genesis and Exodus, even, even, you know, God with his finger wrote out the commandment, you know, he was honoring and he was obeying God's law and upholding the faith-filled traditions of this spiritual community. He thought it was doing the right thing, right? Yeah, I'm doing the right thing. I'm protecting the sheep. I'm you know, not going to let this happen because we need order in this house. And there's nothing wrong with these goals. We all strive to be in line with this word, right? We all want to understand this word and live our lives pleasing God. But what the leader misses is the heart of the Sabbath, the heart of God's law, the heart of tradition. What the leader misses is compassion. The kind of compassion that always trumps legalism every single time. The kind of compassion that doesn't cling to convention for convention's sake. Jesus argues that if animals can be untied and watered on the Sabbath to take care of their needs, then surely untying or loosening a bound woman on the Sabbath is acceptable, right? As I said, 
God sanctified the seventh day so that his creation will be resting, worshipping him. Genesis 2.3 So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he has done in creation. And also, as I said with the finger, God affirmed it. You can read that in Exodus 20 verse 8. So on the Sabbath, now the first day of the week, we are to set aside our daily labors and devote ourselves to the worship of God in public, in private, and in our families. This should not be a day mainly of rules and regulations. This is how the Pharisees corrupted the Sabbath. Now, God did not create the seventh day for him to rest. He gave it for us to rest, right? He gave it for us. Among other things, this is what he was teaching in his miracle involving the woman with a bent back. Sometimes, church, we give too much attention to details and not enough to the spirit. We give so much attention to rules and rules. And to hear me, I work here and in in my career is all being built up by the finer details. <laughs> my brain sometimes is over detailed and I'm sick of sometimes details in my job. But what I want to strive for and live for is making room for the spirit to flow in my life. Sometimes the rules block what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And yes, there is order, but we must remain sensitive to what this, what we are hearing and seeing, what the Holy Spirit's doing. Sometimes every Sunday we fail to see that person because we're so busy. We need to get out of the way and allow Jesus to be the one to minister to the people. We are not the answer. We don't have to rush to try. Well, you know, I need it, you know. Jesus has got it. We've just got to commit to praying and being there. But we don't have the pressure of trying to deliver a miracle because that's what Jesus does. We've just got to be faithful and stand committed Church, we need to have the kind of compassion that always sees the broken body, the broken soul, the broken spirit before it sees the broken commandment. Well, you know, you need to have your ABCs in order before you do this and rah, 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 rah. Yes, there's, there's different kind of orders and protocols, but the kingdom doesn't care about our timing. And when it's convenient for us or what title we have, sometimes we obsess with correctness. Sometimes we get obsessed with having things in order that we miss what Jesus wants to do in a person's life. And he's put us here on earth to be that vessel, to show the love of God and to show compassion. The kingdom cares about love. He cares about people. He cares about us getting out there and spreading the gospel. Pastor just spoke last week about the fence. It's time to mend that fence. It's time to make a decision. Are you in or out? Because there's a dying world. People are not coming to churches because they're scared of judgment. They're scared of, they don't want to open up because they're scared that it's going to be a gossip fill. Why has our reaction become so much bigger than our action to show compassion? 
And this led to me on a difficult journey. We lost a good friend in July. She committed suicide. Discipled her. She's like a daughter, loved her very much. I was honored to do her funeral. But it woke me up. It made me look deep within my walk with God and how I am presenting the gospel to the world. And I don't want to be so busy that I miss the opportunity to reach out to people. And I'm not saying because of this death, like it may, it's just something in my heart, but it just caused that church should be a safe house where people can come and just be real and lay their burdens down. There are many of our friends' situation out there that are dying because they don't have hope. But we are the church. We are Christ's ambassadors to show that hope to the world. But our reactions sometimes fail us. Someone opens up in our face, oh my gosh, you know, like we're rolling our eyes or we have our own opinions about things and our own beliefs and then we put that on other people and our reaction. And then your action doesn't match up. So your your lips, your your voice is saying something, but your actions are totally different. So the, for me, the most touching part of the story is Jesus' words affirming the woman who's just been healed. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but some of you guys have been labeled so much, being said, you can't be this, you can't do this. And you have been like, you are, you know, some of you have been rejected from your homes. You're no longer my son. You're no longer my daughter. You're no longer this. You're no longer that. And we, you feel this pressure that you just feel so disconnected, that you just feel so unloved. But what I love about Jesus is when he refers to her as a daughter of Abraham. Straight away, he brings her into the family. Straight away, she has a belonging She's no longer rejected. She's no longer abandoned. She's no longer on the outer, but she is pulled in to a family. Daughter of Abraham. Wow. I don't know if that blows your mind, but some of you might be sitting here feeling rejected or alone for so long, but you're not alone. That's a lie of the enemy. You're not alone. She has been broken and beaten. For 18 years, she had this physical limitation month after month, year after year. She could have not, she didn't have to go into church that day. 18 years. How many of you are living with something for so long that you're just feeling so exhausted at the moment? Some of you feel like you're crippled spiritually, crippled emotionally, crippled physically, whatever it is, you feel defeated, you feel small. In your eyes, you have allowed people's opinions and voices to speak over you and you're believing that. Don't believe that. I have, I have to capture those lies every day when someone labels me and I have to crack and I say, that's not true. I go straight here. That's my healing. I have to go back into the word and remind that you, I am your daughter. And then to Jesus, then she hears those words, you are my daughter, my daughter of Abraham, my son of Abraham, my child of God, 
can be overwhelming to someone who doesn't have a natural mum or dad or someone who's fought all their life. But she felt love. She felt acceptance that day. And she had the courage to let go of the past. Daughter or son of Abraham, you've been bent over too long. It's time. This is a season, Christians, that we have to learn to stand up. Be brave and admit, I am not going too well. I am struggling. I need to lay this burden down. Be real with Jesus. Get someone that you trust beside you and pray with them. I'm not saying go open your heart to a hundred and something one of us here today. Find someone that you can trust that lives their life not only as a reaction but lives it in action. Someone with the fruit of the Spirit. It's time, Christians, that we hold our head high. Sometimes we're getting caught up in the world's reaction. Look at this, it's so doom and gloom. It's not. It's our job to get on our knees and start to pray. We have to get our posture back in order. Not be hunched over, oh, the world, oh, this, oh, this is so sad. We have to straighten up and get out and back into a prayer posture. You are a child of God. I know many of us right now relate to this woman. And I'm not saying that, you know, you are male here today. You can relate to this story because a lot of us, have been bent over. There is actually more male suicides in Australia than there are females because the enemy is convinced a young man, male, not to talk because they're embarrassed or humiliated. That's not true. We need to change that church. We need to change. We need some spiritual fathers to start rising up in this house and stop being so concerned about everything else, what's not going right, and start being concerned about souls. We need more spiritual fathers and mothers to rise up, to mentor, to train. What is your posture saying to everyone else? What's causing you to be bent out of shape for so long? Are you holding on to an offense? Are you holding on to unforgiveness? Are you holding on to hurt? Well, this happened to me 10 years ago. You know, well, I guess, sorry for that. But you have to move forward because... Jesus is waiting for you. He has a job for you to do. He has a role for you in this kingdom. He needs you because someone else is waiting for your story. See, we have physical issues that sometimes we can't hide. But we know as Christians we can put a mask on and hide our inside very well, our spiritual condition. It's a lot harder to see. We can put on that fake smile, do our hair, can show up, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But it's when you open your mouth that can reveal what truly is going on in your soul. You can't hide that. You can't hide your reaction. Got to deal with the inside stuff. We're so used to doing, you know, working on the outside. I just sense the Holy Spirit wants to do something in our inside, in our inside, with our soul. What is going on? Why are you appearing heavy and tired and worn out? When you talk, you sound bitter and depressed. And you know what? A lot of us have gone through stuff. And I'm telling you, the enemy's intention is to wipe us out. But that's not what 
God wants us to be. If you give him a chance, he can actually help you straighten up. I don't want to live my life out of shape. I know physically we look after ourselves, but spiritually some of us are so bent out of shape with our attitudes that we walk around just being so negative in life. We become slaves to our habits, to our addictions, you know, and it's a blockage from actually stopping us from really yielding and submitting to the will of God for our lives because we're struggling in that area. But I want to ask you right now, and you don't have to say this out loud, is where are you mentally and spiritually standing right now in your walk? But I want to leave, conclude with this. That you walked into church this morning and I might have missed seeing you, but Jesus didn't miss seeing you. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. Sometimes people leave churches for those silliest reasons because the pastor or leaders did not say hello to them this morning. It's going to happen every Sunday because we can't get around. But I'm telling you, but when you have an attitude that it's all about Jesus, that you come to worship the King of Kings and that you are here, Lord Jesus, here I am. Let's go. He sees you. That's all that matters. Proverbs 15, three says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. He's got his eye on you. Don't you think that Jesus sees your pain, your frustrations when you're talking to him? When you get up in the morning, you're struggling with a physical component of your body or you're spiritual, you just had something whack you out of life and you just, life has changed on you and you just feel like, I can't get up today. He does see your struggle. He sees your ups and downs. You can tell him, you can be true to him. He's not going to judge you. In fact, he wants to help you. He looks beyond our faults. Thank the Lord that Jesus looks beyond our faults because I don't know where I'd be without his love and kindness. He sees beyond the faults and so should we. Let the body of Christ, we need to get back in order about loving each other. We see so much, so much of the faults that people, you wonder why people run a mile when they see you? It's because you just gave them a tongue lashing. Let's be real. Sorry, this is my this is who I am. <laughs> it's true. You just give them tongue lashing. You wonder why they're not reaching out. Why they not answering your phone call? We have to learn to be kinder. Body of Christ, we cannot take on the world disjointed with a disjointed body. We have to come together as a whole body and reach this world for Jesus. He sees your tears. He sees your hurts. And brother and sister, he so knows that you're trying. What I love about Jesus is that no matter how many times you fail, he says, I know you're trying. I know you're trying to get better. And that's all he wants from us. He wants us to keep trying. Just allow him to straighten out your life. Yield to him. See, so many Christians walk away from their faith because they stop trying. They just don't want to yield anymore. You know the story about the potter's hand where God puts us on the potter's wheel 
shapes us. We're just the clay. Can you imagine if we don't yield how hard that will be to shape? May, if I can be more shaped in the image of, 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 of Jesus, go for it. Stretch me, <laughs> push me down, bang me around, make me, make me your image. Time to get rid of whatever's blocking your vision. Are you hearing Jesus when he is calling you? Like this woman, are you so hunched down in your problems of life, so bent over that you have lost a vision of what's happening around your world. With You're out of touch with reality. But it's time that you can actually free yourself by simply saying, here I am, Jesus. Lay hands on me. Heal me. Set me free. Isaiah 43, 2 says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Charles Spurgeon said in his sermon, Christ the tender plant encourages us to liken ourselves and others to the tender plant bending and bowing in the storms of life. Yet there remains in each of us the strength to spring back. Did you hear that? To spring back. Upon each stem rests clusters of hope with the power to blossom and open up to the light of God's love and healing presence. Thank you, Lord. I love this story. I love this woman because she allowed her burdens to be taken away by Jesus. This woman is a picture of millions who attend religious service every week for years but they live in spiritual bondage to sin and to darkness. But it's time, church, that we loosen the grip of the enemy from our lives and start to lay everything down. What is going on inside that is stopping you from actually flowing in the spirit, from actually being everything that you're called to be? Is it disappointment? Is it anger? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Was it a religious spirit? Are you dealing with a Pharisee spirit? Where you just can't see anything? It's the law, it's the law, it's the law. But I ask you today, if you just allow the spirit just to work within your hearts. Paul says in Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand for, therefore, and do not... Submit again to the yoke of slavery. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.